NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And today we've got a story about the most important tool that the Environmental Protection Agency has for cracking down on greenhouse gas emissions. It's been around for a little over a decade. And that tool is a single number. It's expressed in dollars. It's called the social cost of carbon. And it represents all the costs to humanity of emitting one ton of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. So this social cost of carbon includes the cost of lost crops because of climate change. It includes the lost wages when people can't safely work outside and the cost of climate-related deaths. This number has moved around over the last few years. It was lower under the Trump administration, and right now it's $51. But most climate experts say that number is probably an underestimate, and that's why the EPA is now proposing to raise it to $190. But how the EPA got to that much higher figure is an ethics nightmare. Our friends at Shortwave, NPR's daily science podcast, recently did an episode on this, and we just had to share it. So after the break, Shortwave co-host Aaron Scott talks with NPR climate correspondent Rebecca Hersher. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Employees are the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers group dental, vision, life, and disability plans designed to protect them. Exceptional service, broad networks, and modern benefits. That's the power of human care. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com NPR. Okay, Rebecca Hersher, how can this one number be such a powerful tool for cutting emissions? Because every major regulation is required to go through something called a cost-benefit analysis to make sure that it's worth it, economically speaking. That the benefits of, say, reducing emissions from cars and trucks outweigh the costs to car companies and consumers. For example, this method was used to get rid of lead paint. Okay. And this calculation actually came up recently during the Trump administration. That administration was getting rid of some regulations about the emissions from cars and trucks, meaning that vehicles could emit more pollution. And one way that they justified that was to use a method for calculating the social cost of carbon that spit out a really low number, like about $10. And so by setting a really low cost, they could then say it's not worth it to invest in cars to make them more efficient, right? Exactly. And on the flip side, a higher social cost of carbon number would make it easier to justify regulations that cut emissions, even if those regulations might not be politically popular in the short term. For example, replacing all of America's power plants with renewable energy right away, or ending fossil fuel extraction in the U.S., That would be really expensive, right? Mm -hmm. If the benefits to humanity are paltry, maybe it doesn't make sense. But if the benefits to humanity are really big, then the government should do it. At least that's the idea. All right. So the EPA is proposing almost quadrupling the current social cost to carbon number. I'm guessing that's got a lot of people excited. Yeah, totally. This number is way better than the earlier number. Daniel Hummel is a law professor at New York University, and he specifically studies these cost-benefit analyses. So going from $51 to $190, that's a move in the right direction. 
a move in the right direction. Doesn't sound like a resounding endorsement. I I think I hear a but coming. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Daniel has concerns about the new number, specifically the way that the EPA is thinking about the lives that are lost from climate change. Because remember, to calculate this number, the EPA is adding up all the costs of emitting greenhouse gases. And one of the biggest costs is deaths. Climate change kills people. Mm-hmm. There was a study last year that estimated 74 million lives could be saved this century by getting to zero emissions by 2050. Noah Kaufman is a climate economist at Columbia University. The question is how, how to how to put a value on those deaths. This is the area of economics that has always made me a little bit queasy. I mean, how on earth does the EPA or any government agency calculate how much a life is worth? Well, the EPA says on its website that they're not putting a dollar amount on a human life. Instead, the agency says it, quote, uses estimates of how much people are willing to pay for small reductions in their risk of dying. Uh-huh. That sounds like verbal gymnastics. What does it mean? Well, what the EPA is doing is they're using a very well-established economics method where they look at real-world data about the jobs that people have and how much they make and use that to estimate how much people will pay to reduce their risk of dying. And I wasn't able to ask the EPA more detailed questions about why they calculate it that way because the EPA declined to answer NPR's questions for this story. Anyway, Daniel, the law professor, says in reality, the EPA's social cost of carbon does put a dollar amount on human lives. You'll hear agencies say we're not valuing lives. Uh, I don't know. They kind of are. They're deciding how much it's worth it to spend in order to save a life. And because climate change is global, they're thinking about all lives all around the world for the first time. That's one reason that the new social cost of carbon number is higher. Right. That makes sense. I mean, if I drive my car here in Oregon, the carbon dioxide it releases goes up into the atmosphere and affects people all around the world, not just here in the U.S. Exactly. But not every death is being counted equally. The EPA uses higher dollar amounts for deaths in higher income countries and lower dollar amounts for deaths in lower income countries. Because they're using that method that looks at how much people are willing to pay, right? And people with more money are willing or are able to pay more. Right. I called up a philosopher to help me make sense of this. Um, His name is Paul Kelleher. He's a bioethicist at the University of Wisconsin. The badness of a death from climate change in India is treated as uh, not as bad as exactly the same death if it happened at exactly the same time. In the United States. According to the EPA's calculations, one climate-related death in the U.S. has about as much value as nine deaths in India, or five deaths in Ukraine, or 55 deaths in Somalia. Becky, I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, it's like they're putting human lives into some sort of currency exchange rate calculator, and Mm. it just, it doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. Uh, The philosopher, Paul, agrees with you. Is a grave moral mistake. He says it's just not true that the lives of richer people are worth more. It's important to get it right because these are life and death decisions. Every molecule of carbon dioxide matters. Every ton of carbon dioxide matters. And so small changes in these dollar numbers, for example, the social cost of carbon, 
will make a big difference to who lives, who dies, how good their lives are, how bad their deaths are. I also called up Vaibhav Chaturvedi. He's a climate economist at the Council on Energy, Environment and Water. That's a really influential climate think tank in New Delhi, India. He said the U.S. government should put the same value on every life, morally, but also logically, because America's greenhouse gas emissions endanger people everywhere, and especially in low-lying and low-income countries where people are more vulnerable to rising seas and extreme weather. Right. So let's say the EPA changed its mind and put the same value on lives everywhere, regardless of country. How would the social cost of carbon number change? So we don't know exactly what would happen, but we have a rough idea. So there was a study that the economist Tama Carlton worked on last year, and it estimated that the EPA's number would approximately double if all lives were valued equally. Wow. Vibov says that would be a good thing because it would push the U.S. to cut greenhouse gas emissions more quickly. That would mean that U.S. government will have to enhance the pace of action because now the cost of carbon will be much higher. The social cost will be much higher. And that could lead to less emissions, which means less climate change in the coming decades, which would save lives. Yeah, that's the idea. I know that you said that the EPA declined to answer questions for NPR for this story, but do we know what comes next from the agency? I mean, they've proposed this $190 number. Now what? Well, the EPA will make a decision about whether to formally adopt this number. And I should say, the White House also has a group of people working to update the social cost of carbon. That effort would create a new number that theoretically the entire government could use, not just the EPA. But so far, that group hasn't proposed anything. Today's episode was produced by Margaret Serino, edited by our supervising producer, Rebecca Ramirez, and fact-checked by Anil Oza. Catherine Silva was the audio engineer. Thanks, as always, for listening to Shortwave, the daily science podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.